doorknobs. Known for being twisty. Famous for being knobby. Nobody thinks much about them, so let's have some fun. Let's find out why doorknobs are secretly incredibly fascinating. Welcome to a whole new podcast episode, a podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm not alone. John Hodgman is my guest today. Yeah, John Hodgman. He's one of my favorite authors. His most recent book is a sort of a memoir and essays and travelogue and more. It's called Medallion Status, True Stories from Secret Rooms. John's also the host of the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Over on Maximum Fun, he and bailiff Jesse Thorne, friend of the show, they adjudicate disputes. I also got to see a live episode of that once in Durham, North Carolina. It was one of the best live podcasts I have ever seen. Just period. It's a really electric room. It's awesome. And breaking news, thrilling project that was secret until very recently. John Hodgman is the co-creator, along with David Reese, of a very funny animated show. It's called Dick Town. That's short for Richardsville. Dick Town is on the FXX channel. It's also on Hulu. Whole first season is on Hulu. And then the second season premieres on FXX March 3rd. Highly recommend if you want to see something funny. Also, I've gathered all of our zip codes and used internet resources like native-land.ca to acknowledge that John and I each recorded this on the traditional land of the Canarsie and Lenape peoples. And acknowledge that in all of our locations, Native people are very much still here. That feels worth doing on each episode. And today's episode is about doorknobs. Doorknobs are a patron-chosen topic for this month. Many thanks to patron Delta Foxtrot 2 for that topic suggestion. And let me tell you, this topic, it was a very fascinating research experience because it was fun to research. And also the topic bleeds into basically every other way to open a door. So we cover all those other things, too. And it's one of the murkier topics I've ever tackled on this show. Like much of the actual solid sourcing you can get is pretty vague on a lot of especially the history of doorknobs. So you will hear us grapple with that, roll with that. And uh, thanks to John's investigative abilities, along with me playing along, I think we find some theories about it, too. And that's all the setup you could need. So please sit back or creak open the door of the place you are mystery solving in. Much like the characters on Dicktown, season two, March 3rd, FXX. Either way, here's this episode of Secretly Incredibly Fascinating with John Hodgman. I'll be back after we wrap up. Talk to you then. John Hodgman, thank you so much for being here. And I always start well, by asking guests their relationship to the topic or opinion of it and lightly interrupting them sometimes. I'm sorry. But uh, no, I just wanted to say thank you for having me. But then I I was interrupting you. So don't I apologize. <laughs> this is a real this is a, this is a real a real kooky mess up. It's like <laughs> it's like two characters in a sitcom who open a, two doors at the same time and they bump into each other. I can't remember what sitcom opening that is, but it's the sort of thing that would happen. Doorknobs. <laughs> or like it's the Scooby-Doo hallway and they're both running away from each other somehow. Like, oh, yeah, geez. And then they go boink and they run into each other and then there's a secret door and someone falls into a, a well or whatever. Doorknobs. <laughs> it turns yeah. out in Scooby-Doo, sometimes doorknobs are not doorknobs. They are candelabra on the uh, on the side of the wall. And all of a sudden, you pull it down, and uh, a door of uh, books opens. <laughs> I wish I could say I had that here in my office. Oh, my goodness. I don't get it. I don't know why there aren't more secret rooms. Right. You know, you would think, like, this this <laughs> world, which is rapidly falling apart, mm-hmm, part, of sure. the rapid, far, part of the rapid fall apartness of this world <laughs> is, the, is the wild increase in economic uh, inequality mm-hmm. i'm just saying that there are some people who've got a lot of cuckoo money bananas money you know what i'm talking about 
Oh, yeah. And yeah, you yeah. would think they would all have secret doors. <laughs> they would all have secret doors and secret rooms. And uh, now I'm thinking of medallion status. But also, I, I, I left it off the research because it's just so visual. But I was reading an article about the Biltmore Estate in Asheville, North Carolina, mm. which is apparently mm. full of secret passages and secret oh, doorways okay. into things. And I think oh. we've lost that. Nobody's doing that now. Yeah, I'm not talking about like panic rooms or safe rooms where where scaredy cat uh, plutocrats can can go <laughs> scurry to when they're afraid of a home invasion or whatever. Right. I'm talking about legit like turn the bust of William Shakespeare around five times and you know all of a sudden there's a, a, a the the grandfather clock opens and there's a bat pole down to a secret layer some some theatrics to it the Biltmore Estate. I'll have to check that out. How much does it cost? Should I buy it? Oh. <laughs> I didn't do a price check, though. <laughs> I'll check Zillow. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, the market's the market's kind of bonkers right now, but okay. I'll consider it. Sounds fun. You know those? Oh, my relationship to doorknobs, you asked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or did I even allow you to ask it? I... I think fans know where it was going. Yeah, relationship to the more opinion of them. But I, I feel like from your response, you have not had anything stranger than doorknobs in homes. I, I, I was thinking yes. about mine. I think I've only had doorknobs or like a sliding door for a patio or something. That's about it. Yeah, my relationship with doorknobs, while they are the doorknobs in my life are wildly mundane. Cool. I still have a very wary relationship with them because I ha because many have broken in my life. Oh, and many broke before there was, you know, I'm not a handy person. If you are not someone who has some skill in replacing a doorknob or tightening a doorknob or fixing a doorknob that has come loose or come out, I've never found it to be self-explanatory how to make a doorknob that isn't working properly work. And so I've, there have been some times when I've been locked into a room oh. because something fell out on the other side, <laughs> the little, the little <laughs> privacy lock fell out or something or i don't know what yeah i was in this very office i was i was locked out of the bathroom oh no uh, the bat <laughs> yeah the bathroom door closed in the locked position <laughs> and i couldn't get into it and this this was not an emergency in the short term but over a long period of time would be a problem yeah and it was a great afternoon for me to call over my teenage son Say, get over here. I need you to help me break a door down. And we didn't break anything down because he's strong. I'm very weak and very nervous about not following the rules. But we did take that doorknob apart and finally, finally push out the little pin that was causing the mechanism to lock. And I was so mad at that doorknob. And I'll tell you what, when you get into the guts of a doorknob, it's just, I don't know. It's just not as simple as it should be. It feels like to me. There are a lot of little pieces in there. It's like yeah. the inner ear. You know what I mean? A lot of little bones. <laughs> anyway. and, and one of evolution's greatest mistakes, the ear and yeah. the doorknob, both of them. Forget it. Well, I mean, I'm glad that there are doorknobs, but I mean, I feel like, you know what I'm talking about when you come to it yeah. or you come to a doorknob and you pull on it and it just, the, the knob just pops off in your hand. Why is that happening? Yeah. I think I trust a doorknob with a lock built into it less because I think it's going to break yeah. for, for that reason because it's, oh, it's much more complicated to, than it needs to be. It's going to break for sure. Those yeah. little privacy lock doodads, yeah. Do not care for them. Yeah. And before your people write me letters, <laughs> yes, I know if there's a privacy lock is closing the lock position, there's usually a little hole that you can stick a stick a, a, a maybe an eyeglasses um a screwdriver into yeah the tiny one de detrigger the lock i tried that i tried it i stuck everything into that hole nothing was working <laughs> i had to take it all apart i also anyway i also i think you're pointing out a real thing that could definitely happen which is people getting invested in this broken doorknob that is already solved right like they just want to retroactively be the person to think of the fix we all do. We hear these I, things and we're like, I, right. I could have been the solution years ago. Right. It's true. But, you know, so I, I, I and, and having been locked out of places a couple of bad times, being locked out of a apartment in which I was house sitting and having nowhere to go and there was no way to get back in. Oh, I am 
fairly paranoid about doors locking behind me. Because that's, that's like putting your hand on a hot stove. You never forget it. When wow, you do yeah. a dumb thing and just step outside and you hear that clunk, and you're like, oh, no, I have my keys, right? Nope. That's not doorknobs that are causing the problem. That's that's more the, the lock. But yeah. I still blame doorknobs. <laughs> Even now, the door, now that I think about it, the doorknob to our apartment door is it's it's like it hurts to use it it's it's one of those um it's not a um, it's not a knob right it's a it's a lever what would you call that you know what i mean oh like a lever handle like a, you like can, a lever handle yeah like yeah, a kind of the uh the velociraptors learned how to use in jurassic park <laughs> yep <laughs> they couldn't use see that's the thing what were you doing jurassic park designers why'd you put lever handles wow like make them knobs i bet the i bet velociraptors can't figure out a regular round knob but a, but a lever? Sure, just push it down, dummies. Anyone can do that. Not Anyway, we yeah. have one of those. We have one of those, and, you know, over time, it's just got gummed up, and, like, to open the door, it's like I have to shove it down with both hands. Mm. And then it digs into my hands. I'm doorknobs. I'm very hit or miss is what I say. I, I agree. I uh, will end up talking a lot about how they could be better mainly by being replaced by most other systems, including lever handles. Like Most systems yeah, would just be handles. better than the knob, it turns out. So what do you got to tell me? That's my relationship with doorknobs. Why do we have yeah. them? Why do we have doorknobs? You know, I think from here, I'm going to rearrange the, the order structure a little bit. We're going to go straight into one of the two main takeaways for the episode about doorknobs. Okay. Here we go into takeaway number one. From a design perspective, doorknobs might be the worst interface for a door. It turns out there's at least four ways that they are worse than most other systems that we use to operate doors. Okay. What are the other ways we use? Kicking them open, like <laughs> private eyes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, shooting a laser beam at the lock and then it springs open. Right. Then back in olden times, Puritan times, you would just have a little... A, a little a little wrought iron lever that goes through the door and mm. you trigger a little latch on the other side yeah there's that a key that way or something yeah and then what what else how do we settle on this thing if it's so bad what are the four ways in which it's the worst yeah we'll start with that because it's and there's a few sources here one of them is a book called the design of everyday things by a designer and cognitive scientist named don norman mm -hmm. uh, and also a pbs interview with designer bruce Hanna of the pratt institute uh, and then more stuff from popular science, the Atlantic mental floss. But there's just many ways these ubiquitous things are not great. And the simplest one is that a doorknob, unlike a lot of other handles interfaces for doors, it doesn't tell you which way the door opens. Oh, like right. when you approach a doorknob, you aren't you don't have any information yet. You have to fully manipulate it and test unless you're like also eyeballing the hinges very carefully. Oh, you got to eyeball the hinges. <laughs> You're not doing that? You got to check your corners, Alex. You got to check your corners. Yeah. <laughs> check the hinges. Check the jam. You got to know which way that... But no, you're right. I mean, most people going about their their day-to-day -day are just going to grab a knob and then they got to try both ways, right? Push-pull. Yeah. And you just, see, uh, you just do it and then it goes or doesn't go. And you're like, okay, now I have the information from like basically banging my hand into this thing. But what kind of opening mechanism, what kind of interfaces you would say tells you which way the door goes? Don Norman in his book spends like a lot of time thinking about this. He says that every door interface can give you signal and the clearest possible signal is a wide bar across the door, especially if it's one of those panic bars where you just push it. So oh, push okay, doors, I got that's you. Like right, a push door. Of course. Wonderful. You just, you How can... did I forget about push doors? Yeah. From like 100 feet away, you know how the door works. You're like, great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But if you replace all of your doors in your house with push doors, people <laughs> are going to have some questions for you. Fairly industrial in look and design. I, I was reading, there's this great website, defector.com, and they do a series on interesting Zillow listings. And sure. one of the Zillow listings was a former public school. And I wish I could Ooh. remember the doors, but I'll bet it, there were a bunch of like push bar doors in the the quote-unquote house you know that sounds fun do you ever dream of like living in a decommissioned post office or something 
Oh, no. I mean, it's like, you know, like the Ghostbusters living in that, in that, uh, oh, the firehouse. Firehouse. Yeah. That's pretty cool. There's, a, there's something very, I don't know, something very attractive about that repurposing old municipal buildings as living. Remember how Lex Luthor, Lex Luthor lived in an abandoned terminal of Grand Central Station in Metropolis, made it into a swimming pool in <laughs> Superman the movie? Like, that's incredible. Oh, I remember the pool, but I forgot the context. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well yeah. <laughs> anyway, this isn't about, this isn't about living spaces, it's about doors. <laughs> okay. No indication of which way you're going through that door. Doorknobs are silent on that. They're mute. They're not giving yeah. you any help. What's another way that they are bad? Another thing with this, this one problem here is not only do you not know which way to go, but also apparently people who look at interface design, especially objects, they're tactile. Norman says that there's a phenomenon across all that where people don't just try a thing and then do the other thing. They usually like try pushing the pull door and then their second step is to try harder. Right. When most people try a thing, they not if they're wrong, they not only do the wrong step, but then like hit kind of bang or hit the thing a little bit, like doing it harder. And then the right. third step is the right way. And so we're also like slowly damaging doorknob doors a little bit all the time. Well, maybe that's why they're falling apart all the time because you're 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 you have to really mess with them in order to because you're you're abusing them every time you use them yeah. by pulling or pushing the wrong way. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. the other the other side of that is if people aren't persistent and they give up after the two times wrong, I guess they're not going to the bathroom that day. It's like they give up. <laughs> I don't know. I pushed it twice. I don't know any other option. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm not going in there. I don't have time for this. Yeah. I think I've got another reason why they're bad. Oh, yeah. Well, compared to a push bar, you need to have at least one functioning hand. Exactly right. You have to grasp a doorknob and turn it, which for some people with mobility issues or other issues is not going to be particularly easy. Or if you're just carrying groceries, you can open a door, a push door with your butt. Yeah. But you can't. Yeah. It makes it easier a little bit. And even the the Velociraptor stuff we we kind of found talking about earlier is part of this. Yeah, like like every lever handle based door is far more accessible for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. The, in Jurassic Park's case, you're in the weird use case where you want to keep people out of rooms, but every other room we're trying to let people in, and it's good. <laughs> it's good to do that. You're definitely trying to keep dinosaurs out of rooms. True. That's why you want you'd want to knob those doors and not lever handle them. <laughs> Well, anyway, Dino velociraptors, are, they're clever girls. They'll find the way in no matter what. <laughs> All right. So it doesn't give you the right information about pushing or pulling. It yeah. causes wear and tear upon itself because people are dumb and they take a long time figuring out the pushing or pulling. It's yeah. less accessible uh, to ev- it's less accessible to everyone, including velociraptors. It seems like there's a fourth one, Alex. What is it? And those first two are actually kind of baked together. So I've got oh, okay. like two so more. A couple more. Yeah. Woo. Uh, bonus. <laughs> I love hearing facts about how doorknobs are bad because I'm not sure I like them. They're always, they're always there just like saying, no, you got to use me. I'm the best. I love hearing yeah. anti-doorknob facts. Hit me with a couple. I'm, however many you got. <laughs> and I I had like never ever thought about them until a patron said, please research this. And... And I also partly partly thought of you because of your new show, Dick Town, where it's like mystery solving is one element. And I, wow. I feel like... Thank you for the plug. I, oh, for sure. It's great. And I feel like uh, detective stuff makes doors fun in a way that they are otherwise not. Like a doorknob yes. is exciting if there's a mystery behind it. But otherwise, you know, forget it. I We do have in our show... So just, you know, always be plugging. Dick Town is the animated show that I co-created with uh, my friend and uh, writing partner, David Reese. He and I play detectives in a town called Richardsville, North Carolina, a.k.a. Dicktown to the locals. Private dicks, of course, are, are private detectives. Yeah. That's why we named our show Dicktown. <laughs> still, <laughs> still hard for me to say. I'm a good boy. I don't like to say Dicktown a lot, but there it yeah. is. It's memorable anyway. It stands out. And that's why I'm not bleeping the word dick, because that's not the, the version no, we're it's, getting. No, it's not, it's, not a, it's not a naughty word. Yeah. 
It's just a nickname for a fictional town called Richardsville. <laughs> but I do play a detective in this animated show. I play a version of myself who is named John Hunchman, who was a very famous boy detective when he was a teenager in Dicktown. But now my character is in middle age and kind yeah. of sad and lonely and not famous. <laughs> and uh, and season one was almost exclusively still working for teenagers. It was very depressing and probably not legal. <laughs> that season one is all available on Hulu now at bit.ly slash Dicktown, D-I-C-K-T-O-W-N. And season two premieres on FXX on March the 3rd at 10 p.m. And we do have secret rooms in our show. We have secret passages yeah. that are triggered by wall sconces that you pull down on because it's a mystery show. You have to have that. Yeah. I, now, now I'm forgetting if the houseboat has doorknobs, but otherwise many, many doors and latches and ways. You got to be able yeah. to latch a houseboat door. I, I mean, come on. Yeah. You're on the high seas. You can't have those things flop, flap and open. <laughs> of course they're doorknob. I mean, but are they on a, on a boat? You would not have a doorknob. I'm thinking now of all the boats that I've ever been on. Yeah. You're going to have latches of some kind which makes the sea better it's a better place to be it is a better place to be um <laughs> sometimes unless there's a terrible storm oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh, yeah but it's a great show i hope people check it out and uh thank you i hope you will thank you for letting me talk about it and uh and with the other like doorknob design flaws one of them is that not only are people doing a very specific hand maneuver which popular science describes as pronating and supinating your wrists. Like it's actually ergonomically bad. Well, not just that's popular. That's not just the way popular science describes it. <laughs> I mean, I, that's, I have to say it to myself every time I approach a door, pronate, supinate, pronate, supinate, supinate. <laughs> pronate, supinate to remember how to do it. That, that will actually make me like doorknobs. That little game. Uh, it sounds pretty good. <laughs> remember, remember, pronate, supinate, pronate. You got this. You can open this door. And go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, it's a complicated maneuver, isn't it? Yeah, and it's a and that maneuver you're getting your hands. Your hand is like all over the knob, right? Like you're you're just touching it, rubbing it every way possible. And so the third yeah. problem here is that doorknobs have always been a huge vector for germs. Just a constant problem of germ transmission of people touching be, their face, touching be, the knob. Yeah. Could that be topical in several senses of that word these days? <laughs> I Topical yeah. in terms of current event and also topical in terms of touching yourself <laughs> in surface, surface areas? Huh. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. If you open, if you open a push bar with your butt, you're not touching it. Right. Um, well, you're touching it with your butt, but your butt is covered. And if your butt is like my butt, it's encased in hypoallergenic plastic at all times. <laughs> no one, no one's going to get sick from my butt. I'll tell you what. <laughs> well, why did we invent these dumb things? They're terrible then. They're, I mean, it's worse than I thought, Alex. Yeah, it seems to be just a thing some people decided they like, especially because it's a relatively compact system that all can contain a latch for a door but like well i've got a question for you yeah Be because that answer is not satisfactory <laughs> i agree <laughs> let me be more pointed who invented the doorknob and when or if we don't know for sure when did they start showing up in homes and should i guess that they are wealthier homes because if you're living in a doddle a waddle and daub hut yeah you know you're not, you're not, they seem relatively modern and they seem relatively fancy pantsy. And if you were living in a hut or whatever, you might just have a, a little latch or something, right? You know, I think uh, I like the flow of this. And so along with a couple of big takeaways, each main episode has a set of stats and numbers. And so I'm going to hop okay. to the stats and numbers where we've got that. That sounds and great. I'm sorry if I'm ruining your flow. No, it. Uh, you're asking the questions that I'm sure the audience is. This is perfect. Okay, great. Because you're a private eye in a show, but also kind yeah. of real life. Yeah, I see. I see a situation, and I gotta, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta make uh, order out of chaos. Well, and uh, and the set of stats and numbers always has a new uh, name for the segment every week. And this week, that name of the segment is 
mean median standard deviation in this spreadsheet. Stats mean everything you can divide or you might multiply all these numbers add up to everything. Wow, Dexy's Midnight Runners. Oh, I'm sorry, are you finished? <laughs> yeah. I thought maybe you were just taking a breath. John, I had 12 more minutes of song. 12 more. Standard <laughs> deviation in the spreadsheet. Standard deviation. And columns and rows. Columns and rows. Oh, boom, 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 boom. It's a really hot song. It's a great one. Probably the pinnacle of overall rock of the early 1980s, the yeah. Oshkosh Bagosh rock. They were all wearing overalls, denim overalls. <laughs> Here's an interesting fact. Did you know this? Dexy's Midnight Runners is not apostrophized. Apostrophized. Oh. It's not Dexy apostrophe S Midnight what? Runners. Look it up. Feels like an error. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. Hey, do you enjoy the do you enjoy the the music of uh, of Blue Eyed Soul pop duo Hall and Oates? They're all right. No, just say yes. Yes. No, you don't, because they're not called Hall and Oates. They're called Daryl Hall and John Oates. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, look back wow. at every album they've ever released. They have never referred to themselves as Hall and Oates. And when people refer to them as Hall Notes to their face, they say, no, the really? name of the band is Daryl Hall and John Oates. That, I'm glad the nation has continued to argue with them about it. Good. Like, good job, everyone. I think, unfortunately, I think Hall and Oates have lost the argument, but. Yeah. <laughs> I love that introduction to this segment. Stats and figures. And that, uh, that name was submitted by Toby Dyson. Toby, John loves it. And we have a new name Tyson's for this every Midnight week. Runners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no apostrophe. Uh, please make them as silly and wacky and bad as possible. These submissions submit to SipPod on Twitter or to SipPod at gmail.com. Because the, the first number here is like the closest answer to that question of when did we start getting doorknobs? Uh, because the number is 1878. Whoa. And 1878 is the year when an inventor named Osborne Dorsey filed a U.S. patent for like improvements on a doorknob style device mm -hmm. and some corners of the internet have reported that as doorknobs were invented in 1878 that's not really true it's just like the first documentation of something kind of like a modern doorknob being patented and mm -hmm. schematic and laid out but we had doorknobs before that sometime and just to be clear by doorknobs we are talking about round knobs yeah right that you have to twist Pronate and supinate. Yeah, pronate, supinate. Yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> that, still, that's fairly late. Uh, so, all right, yeah. let me think now. 1878. What kind of what kind of door opening interfaces do they have, say, in Buckingham Palace or the Palace of Versailles, the great houses of Europe? Yeah. They don't have knobs, I guess. And there, there's another thing which there's no solid numbers for, but Europe is more into door handles than doorknobs in general. Yeah, and I in, guess that's all I can picture when I think of uh, yeah, when, when I think of my past life <laughs> as, as Louis the Eighteenth, the Sun King, living in Versailles. <laughs> I remember handles, not knobs. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. The French revolutionaries were coming and the knob was broken. You and your son were trying to fix it. Your son, Louis the 19th, obviously. Uh <laughs> My son, Louis the 19th. And we both were beheaded. Yeah. I don't know. I hope that, I hope it's Louis the 18th as a sun king. I'm working really hard to remember my 10th grade oh. history class. It was an even number. I don't know why I feel like that's accurate, but. <laughs> it was Louis the 14th. 14th. Okay. Le Croix Soleil. Come on. <laughs> favorite favorite door interface. It says here, handle. Oh, good. <laughs> Thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm also going to link an article from Apollo Arts Magazine where they have a bunch of pictures of door handles and knobs, and one picture of a knob is from the 1830s. So before the U.S. Civil War, there's at least knob-shaped handles, some of them turning before this patent, and it's sort of murky. We, we don't know exactly when it started. Hmm, interesting. 
Yeah. So why are we stuck with these dumb doorknobs? I mean, are they cheaper than handles? Who who liked them? They're incredibly common, especially in the U.S. And I don't, I, I couldn't find anything where somebody was like a champion of them. I think we just came up with that as a system. Maybe it doesn't take as much wide space like a handle does. It's I, I don't have great mm-hmm. answers for how they took over. I just know mm-hmm. that's relatively recent and annoying. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I get... because a hand, So, well, here's the thing. Uh, a handle do, does have to be fitted a certain way, right? Yeah, true. And maybe there's a situation where... Just, and I'm probably not thinking this correctly spatially, but maybe it's a situation that doorknobs are just more interchangeable. If you're if you're banging up a tenement uh, in the early 20th century, <laughs> it could be yeah. uh, doorknobs. You can just slap doorknobs on really easily. Maybe they're easier to install. I mean, they're 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 hard to take apart, but I can see like you just slide them through, slide them through a hole, put cap cap it off on the other end and you're all knobbed up yeah i don't know it's, that's my speculation too bad we don't have a podcast to dig into this kind of stuff <laughs> yeah i also i also feel like a lot of the issues with them which we can go back to it's like relatively modern thinking to be frustrated with them like like thinking about industrial design is kind of modern and being fixated on mm-hmm. germs is kind of modern and mm-hmm. and the the like fourth problem beyond the germs the fourth problem is it's one of the least fire safe ways to operate a door like that panic bar that a crowd can just bonk into and the door flies open is the most safe but right. every other way where right. you don't have to think about it as much as a doorknob is also safer but fire safety is like basically a 20th century invention everything was just burning down terribly all the time before that right of course no one cared yeah so the shirt wastes are a little bit late that that month because the factory burned down. It's horrible, horrible reduction of a human tragedy. <laughs> humans didn't humans didn't count for anything, even less than they do now. That's true. <laughs> of course, with the with the push bar escape door, that only works in one direction because you got a handle on the other side, right? Yeah, yeah. You got, you got to have a handle probably with a little thumb latch. You pull that open on the other side. That's what I would think. Yeah, and yeah, you just try to set it up so you're going outward, and then you can escape. Yeah, right, right. And uh, and then with other dangers of it, with the the germ risk, I, I feel like early in the pandemic we were super concerned about COVID on surfaces, but yes. before the pandemic, people were concerned about all other diseases also on surfaces. Right, uh, and in particular, there was some work in hospitals, but also just overall to make doorknobs out of copper because copper is naturally antimicrobial oh. for a oh. lot of situations. Oh, but very expensive, I would think. I think a, co- a copper doorknob is a little bit more expensive than a washcloth, would be my guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also a lot of hospitals and medical situations, they have like, you know, a handle you can move with your elbow, or it's right. one of those foot pedals that operates the door, which you really only see in specialty now, situations. Now we're talking. I mean, that's got to be one of the best foot... Foot pedals is going to be one of the best door interfaces. Yeah, and you know you know what happens. Like it's just a button you step on, and the door opens for you. Great. Right. Right. Yeah, easy. Or if you're going through an automatic door that is set up for people in wheelchairs or you know otherwise disabled people, you can just bonk that that uh, steel uh, button with your elbow, and it'll it'll open up for you. Yeah. I'm a fan of automatic doors. Another way better solution. Yeah. Just great. Yeah. <laughs> Although as I've grown, like we have an, we have an automatic door, which has a motion sensor, much like at a supermarket or whatever, right? A sliding oh. glass door that opens automatically when you approach it from, from the inside, the outside is locked. You have to turn a key and it opens. But um, this is to the lobby of our apartment building. Oh, sure. And, yeah. And as, and as I've grown older, especially in that limbo, when we weren't sure if we were going to get a season two of Dicktown and I just didn't know what my whole life or career was going to be in 2021 and 22 i developed a fear that the motion sensor would stop recognizing me as human and the door wouldn't open (laughs) 
and I'd just be standing in front of it and the door would be like, no, you're a ghost, dude. Go back, go back. You don't get to go outside. Go back and haunt your apartment. You're a ghost. No way. Don't see you. When a, when a TV show does not proceed forward, does everyone involved turn into a specter and yeah. just haunt the studio? Yeah. We all become yeah. wraiths. <laughs> Except for Will Arnett. They give him another chance every time. <laughs> and you should have one. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's really like, good. I think that guy's had 19 primetime shows starring him. <laughs> they never last more than a season. And there's no and, and there is no consequence. It's like, no, we got to give Will Arnett a show. Come on. We all know we're going to give Will Arnett another show, right? Okay, good. It's weird. I have a friend I was talking to, and my friend claimed that the ultimate person for that is David Spade. David Spade is always doing something all of the time. And I, I feel warmly toward Will Arnett, not toward David Spade so much. Yeah. I'm very fond of Will Arnett should have another show. I was just saying. Yeah. Way into it. Yeah. Yeah. David, never met him. I don't know. Anyway. Very, uh, nice, very, <laughs> very funny. Very nice guy. Just saying that. Occasionally, this may surprise you, occasionally in entertainment, people get one chance at starring at a show. Yes. <laughs> occasionally people in entertainment, when a show gets canceled, that affects someone's career negatively. You know what I'm saying? Right. But sometimes not. Sometimes not. <laughs> Off of that, we are going to a short break, followed by a whole new takeaway. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing, and wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org slash newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! It's hard to explain what happens on Jordan Jesse Go. So I had my kids do it. Saying swear words. Saying swear words. Yeah, um, bad jokes. Bad jokes? Bad jokes. Maybe it's like you tell people that you're going to interview them and then you just stay there like, like really quiet and try and creep them out. <laughs> it's just really boring. Because of Jordan, right? Not me. Because of both of you. Oh. Subscribe to Jordan Jesse Go, a comedy show for grown-ups. Well, and uh, I'm I'm glad doors will always work for you. And uh, and with the with the knobs and germs, there's a weird it's a chemistry, medical, etc. thing where so copper in studies is good at killing germs and viruses and bacteria. But there are some superbugs like MRSA, which is especially common, like spreading through a hospital, that's been shown to survive on copper. And so there have been experiments to coat doorknobs with salt to try to fight it. There have been experiments where they coat a doorknob in titanium dioxide and then activate that with ultraviolet light. It's all very complicated. It would be easier to just use a better... Just wash your hands. Yeah. <laughs> wash your hands or better latches and systems. Yeah. <laughs> just, it's a hospital. They don't know how to wash their hands. Apparently not. Wash yeah. their hands and disinfect stuff routinely. I feel like this is like one hospital facilities manager, one superintendent who's just got, he's got this dream. <laughs> I'm going to create the ultimate doorknob coating. Yeah. Titanium. <laughs> titanium he's gonna spray titanium on the doorknobs it was a uh, it was 2015 it was two teenagers in china did an experiment with titanium dioxide and i don't oh, really know sorry. what that is but they put titanium it on a doorknob. dioxide yeah All right and then used ultraviolet light to activate that and then that somehow fights germs just wash your hands everybody haven't we learned this by yeah. now it's 2022 <laughs> how many colds have you had 
It's been since right. March of 2020. I've had none. And I, yeah. in like mid pandemic, I caught uh, gastroenteritis, like stomach flu. Oh, I'm and sorry. That, it, it, but it was like so stunning. I was like, I don't do anything. I'm not in contact. Like it's me and my partner and our cats. How do I have stomach right. flu from something? Crazy. Yeah. You, I was really, I was, I was really ripped off feeling, you know? You're, you're missing the obvious uh, weakness in your security system. The cats. Cats. The yeah. cats. <laughs> My cat opens the door like, what's he saying about me? And then yeah. closes the door down again. <laughs> that cat, cats sneak out at night and they get little samples. Gastroenteritis samples. <laughs> They're always up to something, those cats. Scheming, yeah. <laughs> Scheming cats. But yeah, those are, those are the four many many doorknob uh flaws and so i just I, like we said we don't know or really i don't know exactly how it became such a popular mechanism for doors but it's not very good that we could do better in so many ways so many situations we could do better we could do better and i i just think it has to be i don't know i'd be curious to find out i i, I would imagine like every, the reason behind most everything is that it is somehow cost effective yeah Maybe they're easy just, to yeah. put in a box, like a box of 20 doorknobs to mail somewhere. That's it could probably... be anything like that. Yeah. Or yeah. just at this point, the, our our wonderful global supply chain, and at least in the United States, is just set up to produce them more easily and more cheaply than handles. Yeah. I wonder if I... Hang, hang on. Look, I'm going to go to a popular retailer. I'm not going to name it. <laughs> I'm going to get a cost of a doorknob. Because oh, I bought these priceless. fixtures before, right? Doorknobs can be very expensive if you go to a fancy pants place. Huh. Wow. Okay. A single popular retailer basics bedroom bathroom doorknob with lock and satin nickel. 17 I should have asked you what you thought this would cost. Uh, do, do, do you want to guess? Something. Yeah. What's that? You said 17. Yeah, 1700 dollars. Is that isn't that amazing? <laughs> <laughs> I'll do I'll do you one better. Here we go. Copper Creek brand. Ooh. This is the BK2030SS ball knob with, with a come on. Ball knob. Jeez. <laughs> with a privacy function, one count, satin stainless finish. Okay. What's your guess in this Copper Creek BK it's BK2030SS. No cheating, don't look it up. <laughs> it's on, gonna, it's I, on sale. I'm going to say 19.99. Forget about it. Nine eighty five. Whoa, that's a steal. Nine, yeah, that is a steal. It's it's satin stainless steel, frankly. <laughs> All right, but by comparison, yeah. Well, th these guys are only coming in an eight pack, so I have to do a little quick calculation here using a calculator. So, mm -hmm. I feel like that already speaks to the U.S. not being into door handles. Like you can only get a pack of eight. Because it's like, you right. must be some weirdo who needs a bunch of other things. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So the eight pack privacy door levers, I always go back and forth between levers and levers, keyless door lock set, handle set, right, left. See, see how complicated this is? Mm. Keyless, yeah, right, left-handed reversible because they have handedness, don't they? I mean, that's the thing. True. Yeah. And that's not interchangeable, right? They have handedness. Okay. So anyway. Eight pack privacy door levers, keyless door lock set, handle set, right slash left handed, reversible in satin nickel, about fourteen dollars and twenty five cents. It's still more expensive That's if you get eight. Wow. Well, yeah. Then you got seven. You don't need. <laughs> it's more expensive. There you go. Yeah, it must just be trying to save truly a couple of dollars per door. Well, I mean, but what? if you're building, if you're building an apartment building. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? But these doorknobs did come up. It's like 1878. Okay. This tracks, this tracks with the, the time when a whole bunch of tenements were built very, very cheaply in New York and all kinds of other cities to house disposable labor where people could live before they were burned in a factory fire, <laughs> right? inevitably, <laughs> or mangled by a piece of machinery. Sure. And you're going to, if you're going to bang up those tenement buildings, you're going to want to use the cheapest thing possible and you want to use the most modular thing possible. And you certainly don't care about 
the 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 physical health, uh, the microbiome of the tenants, and you don't care about whether or not they can get into or out of a fire. I think we I think we cracked the case. Mystery solved. I bet that's my yeah. hypothesis, and I bet we're right. That adds up. Yeah, it adds up. The numbers, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Holy moly. Oddly, this brings us, we're, we're talking about a bunch of numbers, but there's two more numbers for the number stat section, and one of them kind yeah, of please. fits. The next number is 2013, the year 2013. What happened? That's when the city of Vancouver, Canada banned doorknobs in new construction. Wow. They passed a law said, you know, everything that is already a doorknob is grandfathered in, but anything right, new you build in Vancouver, doorknobs are not allowed for That's all the reasons. That's super cool. Yeah. Good for you, Vancouver. Have you ever been? I've never been. I hear the Japanese food is amazing. It's a great city. It's a fun city. You should go. Cool. I'm trying yeah. to remember. Oh, I was there. I was there for the TV show Battlestar Galactica. Oh. They didn't have doorknobs on that ship. Oh. <laughs> Battlestar Galactica. That's where they shot it. That's why I went there. I went there twice. Once to write about the TV show Battlestar Galactica when I was a magazine writer for the New York Times Magazine. And then a couple of years later... When I got accidentally kidnapped by television, I was offered a guest role on it. So I came back to be on the show. Wow. And it was a very, very surreal experience <laughs> for for all the reasons you can imagine. But also, like, when I was there, it was the beginning of their second season, and they thought they were going to... I mean, it was a very, very highly acclaimed show, and all the actors were so excited to be a part of it. And when I came back, they were filming the last season and all the actors were like, um, yeah, I got to get out of here. I cannot wait to leave. <laughs> I cannot wait to leave this job. <laughs> but the first time I went after I went after I was I visited, I visited the set and the publicist was I was interviewing people because I was writing about it. Yeah. And the publicist, Lana Kim, said, do you want to do you want to go over to meet some of the actors from Stargate Atlantis? I'm like, well, sure. Okay. And we walked yeah. we walked across the studio and or you know the studio lot and met up with two actors from Stargate Atlantis. They were having a cigarette out there. Only years later did I realize I've met Jason Momoa. Oh. Cuz he was he was that he was he one was of on the show. Atlantis. He was on that show. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was the nicest guy as you can imagine. Sure. That's uh, good. When when he started hitting it big, I'm like, "Why?" Why do I know that gigantic hairy man? Where have I seen him before? It's like Stargate Atlantis cigarette break. Anyway. I, I wish it was because he was like also writing at the New York Times magazine. Like he was just an obvious yeah. Clark Kent hanging out. <laughs> Scoop Momoa, we called him. <laughs> That's anyway. fantastic. <laughs> yeah, just a little ho Hollywood story. Vancouver. I and mean, the point is Vancouver has outlawed doorknobs. That's a very good, that's a good, good idea. And I, I've had a couple of Vancouver guests recently. They're great. I'm very warm toward Vancouver right now. Feels good. Like it's a good yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I think, you know, they don't have any of those truckers. <laughs> Tr oh God. Trucker free. Trucker free since 93. <laughs> Maybe this last number can unite America and Canada because I have the Fahrenheit and the Celsius. So that's very good. Okay. This, that sounds great. This last number, the Fahrenheit is 1000 degrees and the Celsius is over 537 degrees. But 1000 degrees Fahrenheit is the approximate temperature that a metal doorknob would have to reach in order to glow a reddish color like that doorknob in Home Alone. <laughs> people on the internet have calculated this that's very exciting oh my goodness wow you don't want to do that oh my alex do you know what i just saw here what i i went to this uh upscale uh home home supply and decor website to check out some of the doorknobs at this upscale <laughs> oh, okay fancy pants free port large door set with portsmouth knob satin nickel What's what's your guess? How much does this cost? Single knob, single uh, knob. Boy, I feel like bringing in both Freeport and Portsmouth just feels very English and wealthy to me. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say like forty dollars. Uh, higher. No, <laughs> sixty quid. 
Uh, <laughs> higher. Oh, no. <laughs> Look, this is the top of the line. This is a keyed large backplate door set. Incredible. It locks with single cylinder deadbolt. It's really for, for exterior doors. It's a front door. Okay. Now, now, so you know what I mean? Like, so this is a big, let me, let me drop down to the mansion front. Yeah. Yeah. To the regular interior door. So we're talking about something, you know, this is your standard door, privacy, non-keyed, large backplate door set locks with a privacy pin. That's what got me into trouble with my bathroom. The privacy pin malfunctioned primarily used on bedroom and bathroom doors. What's your guess? And it's more than 60 quid and changing currencies. <laughs> You're not going to escape this quiz. I know, I know the conversion rates for everything. <laughs> uh, is it like $120? It's two hundred and twenty nine dollars. No, for a knob. Crushing. <laughs> for a knob. Not okay. <laughs> Those are large bat and now, but the le- the levers are the same price. It's interesting. I guess once you're into this fancy fancy world, it's going to be it's going it doesn't matter anymore. Right. You just you just want to spend your money once you have enough. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. And wow. the <laughs> I also I remember watching Home Alone and thinking they were wealthy because they had a really large Chicago suburb house. But uh in in Home Alone the the source for this is the YouTube channel Vsauce. They they did calculations on their end, but there's a scene where Macaulay Culkin makes a doorknob very hot and then it burns Robert Joe Pesci's hand to the point where it brands a letter M into his hand because there's an M on the doorknob. It's a comedy movie. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I would say that if you have a if you have a monogrammed doorknob on your house, yeah, you you're pre- you're pretty well off. Pretty well off, yeah. And you have terrible taste. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big that was a big lovely house. You would don't no people uh, r- yeah. regular people couldn't afford a house like that today. Maybe in the eighties, the dad worked in finance or something in Chicago, right? But then I mean, that was the right. the the height of wealthy suburbia. It's about right. Now it's just out of reach, I think. Yeah, it's very aspirational. And yeah, and they calculated that to make the doorknob so hot it's glowing red, it would need to be about a thousand degrees. And they also believe that since it's a knob on a wooden door, like before you got to a thousand degrees, the door would catch on fire. And then <laughs> then there's no point. <laughs> it's a little bit of poetic license. Yeah. <laughs> I searched up world's most expensive doorknob thank you i should have this is great <laughs> and and it's very exciting and, and, and I, as far as i can tell this is the one of the all the ones that come up in the you know as the for sale in the shopping section of my search engine world's most expensive doorknob this one is featured at myknobs.com <laughs> MyKnobs.com. Okay, I'm bleeping that, obviously. Uh, very dirty. No, it's, tr- uh, <laughs> it's true. It's listed as door hardware privacy Sanzio doorknob set in polished gold. Mm. Vicenza hardware. It's got concealed screws. It's solid brass. I guess it's gold plated. Mm, okay. What's your guess on how much this doorknob costs? Um, 1200 Wow, $1,112. Man. <laughs> now, if, if you're okay with the polished with the polished nickel, I can I can Ooh. get I can get that for you for $1,060. <laughs> so I saved $52. Perfect. Great. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is not the one the polished gold is not the world's most expensive doorknob. If I bump it up to antique gold, <laughs> Uh, $1,135. That's Man. the one. Check out myknobs.com, largest collection of decorative hardware. <laughs> Don't know why we're giving them free free advertising, but there you go. When there's a, there's just, it's pretty quick, but there's one other takeaway for the main episode. So we'll get straight into it. I'd love to it. hear it. Let's take, take it away. number two. Patients and doctors both grapple with what's called the doorknob phenomenon. What's that? It's a, yeah, the doorknob phenomenon is a psychological situation, and it's good for everybody to know about. Sources here are CBS News, the New York Times, and the American Academy of Family Physicians. Because the doorknob phenomenon, it's referring to the moment at the end of a doctor's appointment where the doctor is leaving the exam room and they're reaching for the doorknob. 
And that's often a time when the patient says, you know, oh, oh by the way, oh, and then says something super important that they should have been talking about the whole time. Oh, right. And probably something that they find a little embarrassing. Exactly. Yeah. That's one yeah. of the main reasons people do this. Is like, they, oh, everything's fine with me, know. doc. No, no, just a regular checkup. Thanks. Ah, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Well, you know, you should, your vitamin, you should take your vitamin E and everything else. Reach for the doorknob. Oh, uh, and also, I have a snake lost inside of me somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like <laughs> the way this phenomenon goes, I feel like the doctor would be like, at least he directly said it at the doorknob time. I didn't still have to get it out of him, you know? <laughs> right, right. Maybe he grasped the doorknob. Oh, oh, one other thing. Uh, my yeah. feet fell off. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's apparently, and this is across like physicians and and therapy and all kinds of different things. And the one other main driver of this is that doctors are rushed and they're in a hurry and they're busy, and so sometimes they're just kind of like, you know, running through the appointment too fast, and then the patient has to flag them down. I, I let's blame the patient. I know that's what's going on here. Yeah, <laughs> it's the it's the oh, I have a snake by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like the patient has to talk about some butt stuff or something. They don't want to, and they got to bring it up. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It probably also makes it feel like you, the problem is smaller in the patient's head as like they're presenting to the doctor, like, as you know, I'm mainly these normal things. Oh yeah. By the way, this other thing. Yeah. This other thing. Yeah. I'm, I went blind in one eye three years ago. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. And the the doorknob phenomenon, it also causes kind of two issues, because one is that it's just harder for a doctor to find out what's actually going on. But also the other is it tends to put doctors behind schedule. So often, often when your doctor is like slow to get around to you, it can be because, you know, they were on track with their appointment schedule and then someone doorknob phenomenon to them and made it take 20 more minutes and then they're behind. I think I understand now why my doctor just carries a doorknob around with him all the time. He's always got one in his hand. (laughs) Just as he's talking, twisting it in front of your face. Like, are you sure? That's right. Yeah. Keeps it snappy. episode for this week my thanks to john hodgman for doing this at all anyway i said that's the main episode because there is more secretly incredibly fascinating stuff available to you right now if you support this show on patreon.com patrons get a bonus show every week where we explore one obviously incredibly fascinating story related to the main episode This week's bonus topic is the Cork Door Handle Scandal. And that's Cork as in Cork, the city in Ireland. Visit sifpod.fun for that bonus show, for a library of almost seven dozen other bonus shows, and to back this entire podcast operation. And thank you for exploring doorknobs with us. Here's one more run through the big takeaways. Takeaway number one, from a design perspective, doorknobs might be the worst interface for a door in at least four ways. Takeaway number two, patients and doctors both grapple with what's called the doorknob phenomenon. And then tons of stats, numbers, Dexies, Halls, Oats, all kinds of other things mingled into the rest of the episode. Those are the takeaways. Also, please follow my guest. He's great. John Hodgman's TV show, along with David Reese, it's called Dicktown, that is short for Richardsville, and Dicktown premieres on the FXX channel with its second season on Thursday, March 3rd. That's the Thursday after this podcast episode comes out. And in between seeing John guest and act and do things on every television show, I hope you'll check out the Judge John Hodgman podcast. That's also with bailiff Jesse Thorne, who you might remember from the Murr episode of this podcast, just one of the best shows around. It's on Maximum Fun, one of the best networks around. Great thing. Check it out. Many research sources this week. Here are some key ones. A book called The Design of Everyday Things. That's by designer and cognitive scientist Don Norman. 
Also, a PBS interview with designer Bruce Hanna, who is a department chair at the Pratt Institute. Also, online resources from the American Academy of Family Physicians. Find those and many more sources in this episode's links at sifpod.fun. And beyond all that, our theme music is Unbroken, Unshaven by the Budos Band. Our show logo is by artist Burton Durand. Special thanks to Chris Souza for audio mastering on this episode. Extra, extra special thanks go to our patrons. I hope you love this week's bonus show. And thank you to all our listeners. I'm thrilled to say we will be back next week with more Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. So how about that? Talk to you then. <laughs>